Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Welcome to the Great Woman in Compliance podcast with Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine. I'm pleased to welcome back Cindy Morrison to the show today. This is a part two of a part two series um, where Cindy and I spoke about um, her career to date, her background um, as a paralegal and um, extensive work for multinationals um, in compliance. Um, she has been around uh, in the field for a long time, has a great deal of knowledge in this area, um, and has contributed to her local community uh, in terms of setting up um, a compliance community in the St. Louis area, which has really great attendance. Um, she is a series regular at the um, SCCE conferences and contributes heavily to the thought leadership at those. And so today we welcome back Cindy to share some of her thought leadership with us. And there's a topic that I wanted to um, talk with you about, Cindy. It's a big one for surprisingly many people. Um, it was huge for me um, when I was younger and at different times in my career, including very, very recent times, um, and that's imposter syndrome. Um, and it's the idea, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, that one considers herself or himself a fraud despite objective evidence to the contrary. So, Cindy, um, I would love to hear your advice for someone who maybe right now is doubting their capability um, and the, the quality of their contribution um, in the workplace. Um, what, would, what would you say to them um, and how can we as colleagues to others best help prevent someone from falling into the trap of feeling like a fraud? I'll start with why I think, and, 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 and I'm going to speak candidly about myself because mm -hmm. um, this, this happens to me despite the fact that I've been doing compliance work and I've been certified for many years. Um, but I believe why it happens is um, because often um, I'm still, uh, I still find myself explaining to individuals in my organization why I was hired. Uh, why we have to have a compliance program, what is the compliance program, what's the value of the compliance program. Mm -hmm. and, it, and if you think about, you know, for example, I had a pretty tough investigation this summer that invi involved um, a senior leader in one of our organizations. And I felt by the time it was over, I almost felt like I was under investigation. Mm -hmm. And so my, my point is, it's natural for people to question, you know, why are you here? Why do we have to have a compliance program? We, you know, we're ethical. We, you know, we, we, we practice everything with integrity. Why do I have to give you this information? Why do I have to take this training? And suddenly I think I start to question myself. Mm. Uh, you know, like I start to doubt myself and it's like, no, I, I know what I'm doing. And by the way, it's, you know, I will, I'll be honest with you, I, I believe the recent guidance has been extremely helpful. It's been mm -hmm. very helpful for me. If you walk into my office today, you will see that I have it sectioned into six sections. And in, you know, the very first section of the guidance, when they talk about what your program should have and that, that what they're going to be looking for, I was able to divide it up into six sections and then splinter it from there. 
Mm-hmm. And all I have to do is look to my left and I can reassure myself that what I'm saying or doing or encouraging, I mean, we're in the business of selling and marketing. Mm-hmm. And I guess you start to doubt yourself when you feel like no one wants to buy your pots and pans. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially after we've been doing it for so long, right? Like, did you not hear me the first time? Did I not persuade you well enough? Well, and the thing is, is that, so this is the third multinational organization I've worked for. Mm-hmm. And even though, yes, like, for example, when I went to Post Holdings, they had a code of conduct. They, you know, they had a uh, speak up line. But when we're going in and helping them formalize and, and basically you be able to, to pull the whole story together and, and, and figure out if there are any gaps and then fill those gaps, um, it's, you, you know, you're building. And so someone, you kind of almost have the inspector, you know, like checking in and like, or you have then the general contractor wanting to, to change something. And, and our role is to stay focused. And I mm-hmm. guess, you know, for myself, how it's interesting how life is. So um, recently I was questioning myself again uh, mm. and I had uh, a person reach out to me. I've had two people reach out to me in the last two weeks uh, who are interested in getting into this profession and how do they get into the profession. And as I start talking about my story, my evolution, and talking about, you know, through the elements, you know, the steps I've taken, the strategy I have for the next couple of years, it's like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, when I'm telling, when I'm talking uninterrupted with a million questions, I'm very confident in my capabilities. Mm-hmm. It's staying confident when you have senior leaders questioning what you're doing or auditors questioning why or, you know, employees uh, questioning. Or, for example, um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I've gone out and trained um I, I train a lot. We do a blended learning. So we do some e-learning and we do some classroom training. Mm-hmm. We try to get to our middle, our middle manager. So we don't have that muddle in the middle. Right. Anyway, I'll just give you one quick example. I was, tra- I, I was doing some training a year ago and it was on harassment discrimination. And two weeks later, our speak up line, uh, we get a report on our speak up line and a manager who was in my training session um, had uh, chastising an employee via uh, text and quoted the Bible. And we had just spent time on religious dis- uh, harassment. Oh, wow. and, mm-hmm. and I was like, is anyone listening to me? Do I know what I'm talking about? Am I? <laughs> so I, I don't know that it's a bad thing. Um, I think because I never want to assume I know all the answers, but mm. I just think it's, it's a symptom of what we do and that we will question ourselves uh, from time to time. Well, I think it's amazing that um, if Cindy Morrison, of all people, um, is is feeling um, imposter syndrome from time to time, then Mary Shirley can feel a little bit better about feeling it herself. So thank you for <laughs> for being so open about that because um, it it comes as a surprise to me, someone who is so well held together, such as yourself, so experienced, so knowledgeable, um, and really is, um, you know, top shelf for compliance professionals. If it happens to you, then I hope that anyone listening will feel a lot more comfortable about the times when it might be happening to them. Again, we're not alone.
<laughs> and I, I actually, I hope that, um, you know, Lisa Fine and I had certain objectives um, when um, putting together this podcast. Um, but we never really thought about some of the additional benefits that it might have. And one of the things that we've found is that for people who are particularly in sole um, compliance positions within their companies, that listening to the podcast, as well, of course, a greater array of other um, options available to, to be your community, that the podcast has actually um, been a part of reducing that feeling of alone. Mm -hmm. And people were hearing things like um, Stephanie um, from Volkswagen talking about sometimes being the only woman in the room. And the number of people who that resonated with was huge. Um, so I, I, I'm hoping and I'm, I'm, I'm certain that uh, a lot of the stuff that you're sharing with us um, in your series, Cindy, is something that people can relate to, but also feel some sense of relief about as well. Well, and Mary, may, may I just say in part one of this podcast, you and I talked about the generosity of, of professionals who've been mm -hmm. in this for a long time who now share their knowledge. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, what you and Lisa have done by creating this podcast uh, it falls right in line with that. I mean, oh. you're taking up your time and, and you're making this happen and, and it's a wonderful thing. Um, and uh, so I was remiss in missing that and mentioning that earlier. No, not at all. And I'm just so touched that you would, would say that. And um, I know that when Lisa listens to this, she will be thrilled to hear it as well. Thank you for the generosity of your comment. You're welcome. Um, you have um, a boss who is new to um, corporate compliance. Um, how do you work together to ensure that the relationship is healthy and productive when supervisor and employee come from different backgrounds um, and your bosses um, learning some of the intricacies and nuances um, of the compliance world? Well, I'm very fortunate because my, you're right, he, he I like to say he inherited me last year um, and <laughs> So he took on the role of chief compliance officer, but he's also, um, you know, it, we, we're structured in a very interesting way in that, um, and by the way, um, we also talked in part one about sometimes the limitations if you don't have a law degree, and mm -hmm. yet some of the best com cor uh, corporate compliance officers, chief compliance officers I've mm -hmm. met have actually um, basically come up through operations. Mm -hmm. And um, so my boss, uh, his, his, his background is really in food quality and food safety. He is the chief safety and compliance officer. And in the way that I spoke earlier about, you know, we want you to go home with all your fingers and toes and we don't, never want our food to harm anyone. Um, we now have this whole umbrella where we have all of our risk areas under uh, in, in, in one group. But what's really interesting is, um, the way uh, Dan and I work together is there's a lot I can learn from Dan. He's, a, he's an incredible leader. He knows the business. He knows the operations very well. He knows the people very well. And he uh, will be the first to admit that he's new to corporate compliance, yet he's read the Compliance 101 manual. He's been through his second institute already. Um, he So he is... Um, I guess really what we're doing is we're playing off of each other's strengths and weaknesses. And mm -hmm. uh, so, 
And so it's, it's actually working out very well. As a matter of fact, he's more strategic and I'm more tactical. Mm-hmm. And yet under his tutelage, I will become, I know, a much better leader, a stronger leader. Um, you know, it's, I think it's important to recognize uh, your weaknesses. And, and I, I am a people person, um, but I prefer to be invited places, not invite mm-hmm. myself. That's yes. just not natural. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet, if I wait for our businesses to invite me to come in and meet with their HR teams or train mm-hmm. at their locations, that invitation is never going to come. And mm-hmm. so he, he's teaching me the fine art of inviting myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's also teaching me a lot about our operations. Um, and at the same time, we spend a lot of time together talking through uh, our risks and visiting our businesses together. And um, like I said, he is, he's not like, he's not taking the assumption that he knows food regulation, so he's just going to know corporate compliance. Um, he's mm-hmm. taking the time to really understand, um, you know, what's expected of him in his role at the same time, he trusts me and the knowledge and the experience I have. So I would say it's working out really well. I was nervous at first, but it's, 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 it's turned out very well in that I recognize what he can teach me, and he is open to uh, learning from me as well as some of the great resources that are out there. That's great. And um, just thinking for anyone um, on the podcast, I know – for sure that we have listeners out there who aren't yet in the compliance world and they're looking for um, ways to break into compliance. Um, So it sounds like um, you may have recommended that he read a Compliance 101, which I think is an SCCE publication. He's attended a couple of the um, forums, um, the annual conference from the SCCE. Did you mm-hmm. give him any suggestions for um, additional reading materials, for example, signing up to blogs or maybe podcasts, anything else that you thought would be um, accelerators to help his knowledge? Oh, yeah. I, I kind of inundate the poor guy with links to <laughs> articles and blogs. And um, I also uh, just a few weeks ago gave him uh, Roy Snell's book, The Accidental Compliance Professional. Mm-hmm. He like read it like, overnight and so mm-hmm. then I gave them how, how to become a wildly effective compliance <laughs> yep classic uh, and so <laughs> he he his you know his his uh his he his um his thirst for knowledge is incredible and he's a consummate reader um and he's also uh still very strongly thinking about like doing an academy or some other type of uh you know compliance training learning um and uh, he's now a proud member of our Compliance Association of St. Louis. So the, that's the other wow. thing I have tried, wow. I, I have tried to do. For example, yeah. I, I don't resent that, like, when our chief compliance officer left last year that they appointed Dan. I don't resent mm-hmm. that at all. Um, I, I love the day-to-day. I love the tactical part of what I do. And I've made it a point of introducing Dan to other chief compliance officers in St. Louis so that he has that resource. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, they've already got you, Cindy. So um, if there are additional knowledge areas that he has and contribute to with his strengths whilst he's learning about compliance, I think um, 
that's fantastic, right? It seems like there's a really beautiful balance between, um, as you mentioned, you complementing each other. So you're covering um, each other's gaps and therefore making an excellent team. Yes. Um, and there was one thing that I wanted to follow up on that you mentioned. Um, so I've mentioned this multiple times um, on um, the podcast, um, but again, uh, it is, it is, it's very true. I am an introvert through and through. And so the idea of inviting myself to um, business things, kind of inserting myself, if you will, um, it doesn't really come naturally to me. So how did your boss um, share with you or how did he teach you more about um, being more effective at that? Well, um, <laughs> the, you know, the expectation is that I'm, I'm, I'm doing a good job and that I also know it's really important um, to build those relationships and so mm-hmm. I, I guess the, the, the short answer of that is I don't think it was an option. So his expectation mm. was that I was visiting uh, the corporate headquarters as well as uh, our operation locations. So Post Holdings, um, as a holding company, we own six different business units. That's how we refer to them. And all those business units may own other companies. Mm-hmm. And um, so in my world, there are seven CEOs, there are seven HR departments, seven executive leadership teams. And so communication is incredibly important. And if I'm just communicating through email or the phone, there's the, they don't know the person. And so I would like to still be sitting in my office waiting for an invitation and, and, but he basically his message was no, Mm -hmm. it was one of my, it was one of my objectives for, so we just finished a fiscal year and one of my objectives was to get out, introduce myself to every CEO, Mm -hmm. um, do so much training a year, but he also helped make some of that happen. So for example, we attend our annual planning meeting where all of our leadership is there Mm -hmm. and, and, um, he, you know, he opens doors as well as he expects me to open some doors myself. So basically I just had to swallow my fear, pick up the phone and say I was coming. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Um, and what I'm hearing or assuming from this is that he also makes sure that you have the resources and in this case, i.e. the budget to be able to get out there and do some palm pressing and get on the ground. Would that be fair to assume? Absolutely. It's fair to assume. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, he, I, I get the resources from him. The other thing I think that's very important to mention is this is not an easy profession to be in if you don't have an advocate. Mm-hmm. And while Dan might have been new to corporate compliance, um, this, you know, this specific area, um, I, for a moment, would never doubt that Dan has my back. Mm-hmm. Not obviously if I go rogue, but I have his full support and mm-hmm. um, also, we also have our leadership's full support. So I can pick up the phone and talk to our CEO just like Dan can. It's never, I don't have to communicate through Dan. The, the expectation is that I'm communicating as well as Dan is communicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sounds amazing. Yeah. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, will you tell us about a book that has changed the way you see things in the office and subsequently model your behavior and how it has positively impacted on your professional and personal life? Oh, how long do we have? Just kidding. <laughs> we have time. We have time. Go for it. So, what, what, so the book that has had the most impact on me is The Four Agreements. Um, it's by I, I'm Don Miguel Ruiz, R-U-I-Z. What's mm -hmm. interesting about this is, in passing, at, and, I, and again, in no way am I associated with the Society of Corporate Compliance and Education, other than the fact that <laughs> Other than the fact that I'm a member and I'm certified. However, I was having a conversation uh, in passing with Greg Traguba at one of the annual institutes. And mm -hmm. in one of the first years I went, Greg was a, a presenter. And, and this is a few years after the fact. And I happened to run into him and I was telling him how much I enjoyed it. And I was able mm -hmm. to be very specific about what he did during that presentation. And uh, so anyway, somehow in the course of our conversation, he suggested that I read the four agreements and I did. And I will tell you, it, it has profoundly impacted me personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I actually wear a bracelet that has the four agreements on it. And wow. they are, the first is be impeccable with your word. And so it's easy to think that's about, you know, being truthful. Um, but it's also about not gossiping. And if I think about our role as compliance professionals, um, you know, again, I don't ever want to rob anyone of their dignity or someone's respect. So I, mm -hmm. I take it the, confidenti the confidentiality that's required of us very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I think our, our words can be as large of a weapon as some of the most destructive weapons we have. Mm -hmm. We see that we see that with our employees. Um, it's you know it's potential in each of us as, as individuals. So that was easy. But the thing about the four agreements is, and I get I'm going to try to to wrap this into uh, like when we're out and we're uh, training employees or we're we're talking about corporate compliance. Mm -hmm. Think about so for here's my example. I'm uh, I I have four siblings. I'm there are five of us. I'm the middle child. And same house, same parents, same rules. Mm -hmm. How did we all how did we all turn out differently? Well, while we're receiving the same information, we're processing it based on our disposition. And each of us are born with a certain disposition. Mm -hmm. So you think think about your employees. You have hundreds of them in some locations, excuse me, walking into the door. And suddenly we expect them all to behave the same. And yet we're bringing stuff in, messages that we've received throughout our life. Mm -hmm. And everyone has burdens. They have things on their mind and they're bringing mm -hmm. that into the door. Mm -hmm. So the, the purpose of the four agreements is it talks about things that we've learned throughout our, our, our you know, throughout our lives. And, and, and it's trying to change some of that. So the first agreement you make with yourself is to be impeccable with your word. The second mm -hmm. is don't make assumptions. Mm, big one. So when, when we think about our employees and we think about how they interact with each other, so often it's because we've made assumptions. Like, or even think about when you were a child on the playground and like, you know, Mary doesn't like me because she doesn't invite me to play whatever. Well, it could just be that Mary is an incredible introvert or it could be that, you know, Mary doesn't even realize I'm there. 
and I'm, so my point is, it's like, I try not to make assumptions. It's, it, it, that mm-hmm. is one thing, if you can change, right? Mm-hmm. And when we think about compliance programs, and it with all due respect to all the enforcement agencies that say we have to have all these things, if, if, if the one thing that is missing, if there's no dialogue in your organization, right? So if your C-suite is making assumptions about something in the middle level or the, or the lower mm-hmm. level is making assumptions, it, it, it creates a very dangerous environment. So right. I, try, I try never to make assumptions. Mm-hmm. The other one is don't, the other agreement is don't take anything personal. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the same way that we may say something negative to someone, even if I say something positive like, oh, I really like your coat. It, it simply means I like your coat. It doesn't, it shouldn't matter what I think. And Mm -hmm. that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about the imposter thing, right? Mm. Uh, If we know we're doing the right thing, if we're taking the next right step, and we're not intentionally trying to hurt someone, it's good, right? So it's don't take anything personal. And Mm -hmm. the last agreement, and the the last agreement is always do your best. But the most Mm -hmm. important thing to remember with that is my best today will look different than my best tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and it's definitely different than it was yesterday. So I know it's, 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 it's interesting, but I will tell you it was so profound that I actually, um, there's like a workbook that goes along with it, or a, it's a, like a partner book and it's a shorter version. And I often look at that um, because I feel like if I can at least half the time get some of those four agreements right, I'm, I'm going to have a better day. I'll be a better professional. I'll be a better person. Um, and uh, so it was probably one of the most, it was the most impactful book I've ever read. That's wonderful. And um, Cindy, um, you're so influential to me. I have a such a great deal of respect for you that I instantly um, bought that book after you recommended it to me and I read it um, fairly short, uh, soon thereafter. I think I was like you, um, flight's a fantastic time for um, looking through readings. I otherwise see them as dead time unless there's something um, showing on the movies that I, I really want to watch. Um, so I make so much use out of my flight time, including that point at which you know you've boarded but the plane's not ready to go and the entertainment system's not on i just do Mm -hmm. so much texting and leaving voice messages in that time and i'm super productive um but i i i got a great deal from the book and what struck me is that a lot of all of the agreements are are very simple right like the, the the message or the value is very simple but some of them are really difficult um, mm-hmm. you know the it, we've always been conditioned our whole lives um, to be gossipy it's almost a survival thing right like if you say something negative mm-hmm. about someone else that protects you in that moment um, it, it can be hard to do your best um, when you're not feeling motivated all of them were you know, very easy for me to understand what I had to do, but not so easy, I think, to implement. So um, I think that's the challenge for me going forward is taking um, what I learned and ensuring that I'm living those values going forward. Did it, did it take some time for you to adjust? Oh, yes. I mean, and, and, and please, I don't do it perfectly by any means. However, mm-hmm. um, I... 
it's really interesting because as I read that book, I, I've never taken so many notes. And, and, and the way I memorize things is by writing them down and writing them again. And I just, I, I, I just wrote in so much and I still will go back and write. And again, you said, um, and, and I agree with you, it's hard to keep them in practice. But when you mentioned, like, you know, it's hard to do your best when you're not motivated. Well, that may be the best you can do that day. So think mm -hmm. about we're so good at beating ourselves up. And, mm -hmm. and I'm a perfectionist, right? So another book I read was The Gift of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And it's another one that I just swallowed up. And I feel like if a book is speaking to you that much, there's something there for me, at least, that I need to, um, to look at. And I, I believe in, I, I really want to know myself because mm -hmm. I, for whatever reason, it's, it's so important to me to be my authentic self. I just want to mm -hmm. be an authentic person. And, and, and that means that I am imperfect and, and by no means, you know, am I perfect and do I have these four agreements down all the time? But mm -hmm. I will tell you that, that when I start getting uncomfortable about something, I, you know, simply saying, did you take that personal? Or wait a minute, did you make an assumption? Mm. Um, and and that's the difference. Or if I do find myself gossiping, is it when I'm doing that, then I'm taking the focus off myself. And mm -hmm. I need to come right back to Cindy Morrison and what does Cindy Morrison need to work on? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Great one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I said, if you can get it, if you can get it right 50% of the time, but I will tell you that that book really but, I mean, anytime I talk about it, I want to go grab it. <laughs> well, I shall let you get back to it shortly. So thank you so much for your time um, in, in doing this little series with us, Cindy. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show, but also to know you. Thank you for, um, for being there for me. Thank you, Mary. It's, it's just so easy to talk to you. And I'm just so grateful that our professions have connected us. Absolutely. So to wrap up today's show, everyone, I wanted to touch a little more on imposter syndrome for a moment. A lot of the readings that are available on the intranet are often to do with what are the things that you can do um, to help combat uh, your own um, imposter syndrome. But I want to set you a small challenge, hopefully a, a very tiny quick movement um, that will have some positive ripples. So often in life, um, we see fantastic people who are outperforming day to day. They constantly do a good job or they've done a project um, and pulled it off and you think, well, that was such a feat. I'm sure they know that. But the reality is we just never know what people are thinking on the inside. So I'm going to ask you to identify someone in your lives um, for the next seven days. And I know you might not be at work for seven days in a row, but you're going to be interacting with people during your weekend who are doing their job. And I want you to take a moment to tell them about something that you really admire about how they do their job, an accomplishment that you think is awesome and needs to be brought to their attention. Something that lifts someone up and makes them feel really good about themselves. So hopefully together we can um, impact the lives of people who may be struggling and going through a little bit of imposter syndrome now because we know that um, it's hugely prolific and people sit there suffering silently from it. So if you'll do me that favor, I'd be most grateful. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. 
We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.